Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Paracleo, which exists for the edification and encouragement of the church through meaningful and biblically-based dialogue on the application of the gospel to every sphere of our lives, especially those pertaining to relevant issues that GOCers and Christian college students face. Today, we are especially pleased to have our next special guest, our very own Nancy Wu. Let's go! <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. It's an honor to be uh, your guest. The honor is ours. The honor is ours. So yeah, Nancy, tell us about all about how your day was. You know, it's Sunday today. How was church? What are you up to nowadays? Yeah, it was super great. Um, it was a Sundays in July, so I went to the importance of prayer in uh, daily Christian life. Um, yeah, it was preached by Carl Hargrove, which was super cool because I've never heard him preach before, and it was mm-hmm. yeah really encouraging. Um, yeah, so just sweet day at church, um, and I'm working full time now. I uh, yeah just graduated G- uh, UCLA <laughs> um, and am working as a graphic designer at this small studio um, in South Pasadena. Hmm. Awesome, super yeah. cool. If you're out there and you want to know more about Nancy, there's um, the GOC Senior Sendoff Vid, um, and you can look that up for more questions and more info about you. Um, <laughs> but our next question for you is, um, yeah, how did you serve in GOC? and What, what, what did that look like for you? Mm-hmm. Like specifically in ministry teams? Um, yeah, and also just, I guess, anything in general. Small group leading? Yeah, oh. small group leading. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess in... Ministry teams, I, sophomore year, started serving in REACH, which is like the relational evangelism team, uh, like the music team, also media team, because <laughs> I do the media stuff. Um, yeah, I also started serving on Fisherman's team, which is the cold contact evangelism. Um, yeah, junior and senior year, I mainly led small group uh, and just, yeah, discipling and being discipled <laughs> by, um, yeah, other girls, so... Yeah, but I'd say, yeah, just in, in general, uh, yeah, just loving the people and serving them. And my day, I'm currently still doing trailblazers, correct? Yeah, at church. So that's been yeah. a huge blessing. What is that? Awesome. Oh, uh, care to tell us what trailblazers is? Yeah, oh. I actually don't know. <laughs> a quick yeah. minute plug. Oh, sure. <laughs> um, trailblazers is um, part of Adventure Club, which is like Grace Church's version of Awana. It's just their evening children's ministry and trailblazers is the fourth through sixth grade group. Um, Yeah. And so uh, some of us uh, who used to be in GOC or still in it. Yeah. We just serve as like the leaders um, for the fourth and sixth grade groups. So just, yeah, doing game time with them, but also getting to talk to smaller groups about the lesson, usually gospel centered. Um, So it's really sweet. And yeah, since we're talking about evangelism, kind of it's surprisingly hard to share the gospel with uh, younger children because <laughs> it, mm-hmm. yeah, um, makes you share the gospel without big words. Um, but anyways, it's a true joy. So, yeah, would encourage people to join. <laughs> yeah, so you're evangelizing through Trailblazers. You evangelize through Reach and Fisherman's Team. Um, what were just like, yeah, general lessons that you learned um, through your ways of evangelism, even in your personal interactions with, you know, not through a formalized um, ministry, but just in your in your own relationships. Okay, wow, yeah. Lots of lessons learned, um, but I'd say maybe a big one that I constantly relearn um, is just our uh, 
utter dependence upon the Lord um, for salvation. Um, and I think I've learned that more so about my own salvation as well as the people uh, that I'm sharing to. Um, yeah, a lot of sometimes the most difficult conversations are most discouraging. Um, we walk away with feelings of yeah frustration or discouragement, but I think it's those conversations that make me realize how utterly dependent I was on the Lord to save me, because uh, otherwise I would have been just as um, hostile to the gospel. Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot of moments that I realize that everything that I have been blessed with has has been because the Lord has sought me out and chose, yeah, um, saved me. And yeah, as well as, you know, everybody's dependence upon the Lord for salvation, because I think it's easy to think that I somehow have a hand in it based on how, um, I don't know, yeah, not just eloquent, but how, like, uh, what is it, just, like, um, how well-phrased my sentences are, or just Mm -hmm. how uh, witty I am. Yeah, I start to, it's easy to be, yeah, prideful in thinking that um, we kind of have a hand in saving people, Um, but that, yeah, is also a a lesson that I constantly relearn, Um, but is made very apparent through evangelism and sharing the gospel with people. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I'm just thinking about how I know, kind of know you a little bit better from Fisherman's Team and being able to be a prayer partner with you for one quarter since that's kind of a thing that happens in Fisherman's Team. Um, yes, we do go out on campus or this past year on the beach um, to preach the gospel to people. Um, but also we have kind of a more in-reach scene where we get paired up with um, different prayer partners each quarter to um, pray with each other, pray for the people that we're evangelizing to, and just get to know each other better. Um, also, a quick plug for ministry teams. If you're not in ministry teams or you're a freshman or a sophomore or whoever, um, we highly, highly encourage you to yeah learn more about them. There are probably a lot more than you actually think. Um, and yeah, there's so many different ways to serve. And yeah, just get plugged in, um, get serving. And yeah, it's just a neat way to, to grow and to even uh, find out for yourself like your own spiritual gifts and the ways that the Lord has gifted you in. Um, but anyways, to segue into our main topic for today, the meat of our podcast, we are going to be talking about evangelism. Um, evangelism, I think it's a really neat segue um, from the past episode with Austin Duncan, in which we talked about work. Um, because when I think about work, and um, especially when we talked about the Lord being the standard of work, um, Him working um uh, the 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 god that we worship is not one that is asleep at the wheel he is constantly working he's constantly faithful and he never tires um and so when in genesis 1 to 2 when he creates us um he creates us also to work right he creates adam um in the garden um to to tend to the garden and i think that's kind of what it means a part at least a small part of what it means to be made in the image of god that that we are created to work we can we can make things, we can create things, we can organize things, we can create order out of chaos. I was just thinking about moving into 424 this past week and just like a bunch of things chaotically strewn across the room, but putting order out of that. Um, that's kind of like a little bit of a tangent, but connecting it to evangelism, I think the primary way, the most important way that the Lord works is, is in salvation and His redemptive plan um, to reconcile sinful man to Himself um, and so we see that God first worked, right? God first worked. Um, and that is something that is, yeah, really um, beautiful truth as we go into talking about evangelism. Um, because, yeah, it's it's the work that God has shown us and he calls us to do that same work as well. Yeah, awesome 
awesome scriptural basis. Um, and yeah, just to like move to like evangelism itself, we just wanted to ask you, Nancy, according to scripture, what is evangelism? What does the Bible say about it? And why is it important? Why should we care about it? Yeah, um, I guess really simply we can just say evangelism is to tell somebody else about Christ. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's important um, because for us, if we say we are followers of Christ, um, Christ is supremely important. Um, he is the one that we have life in, and he is the one who has the power to save and the only name of yeah, by which man can be saved. And so, um, yeah, to us, it is, yeah, by nature, if he is uh, who we follow and who we love, uh, we must and ought to share um, him, uh, who he is with everybody around us, because we know that it is um, dependent upon their, everybody's, yeah, their response to who Christ is um, that determines whether they are saved or not and have eternal life. And so, yeah, it's not only uh, something that is a privilege for us to do, but it's also a command. Yeah, um, yeah. I forgot to read this before I asked the question, but uh, Matthew 28, verses 18, 18 to 20 read, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So yes, of course, from from the Bible, from Scripture, it says um, this is a command from Christ himself who has all authority. And so it is our obedience um, to that command. Yeah, awesome. I think following up on that, um, and we talk about telling people about Christ, right? Telling people the gospel. Let's have a conversation about like the non-negotiable, like those core fundamental truths of the gospel that, that should be um, conveyed um, when we're evangelizing, whether to anyone really that they need to know, um, you know, these, these points. Um, Nancy, what would you say they are? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I guess before naming them, um, I'd say, or just want to say that these um, fundamental non-negotiable truths are fundamental and non-negotiable, not because, uh, yeah, in GOC, they're like so popular or because here Mm -hmm. we're stating that they are. um, But these truths are so important um, because we know from Scripture that uh, for a person to be saved, they need to uh, repent and believe in the name of Christ. And so, uh, yeah, these truths are really what people need to know um, and believe and place their faith in in order to be saved. And so, yeah, that's why they're important. Um, Yeah, not just because we're saying it. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so yes, or that's also the motivation for why we want to um, share these truths in our evangelism. Um, it's not, yeah, it's also because otherwise it'd be easy to kind of knock some of them off if we're short on time. Or, um, yeah, the reason we want to get to the full gospel is because people, yeah, need to hear all of it. Um, yeah, so I uh, tried to start off with um, just the fact that God uh, is the holy God um, of yeah, all of the universe, um, that he is our creator and that, um, yeah, not only is he sovereign over uh, this world and everything in it, but he is also um, a perfect and holy God who rightly judges sin um, and all, uh, yeah, injustice and wrongdoing and um, rebellion against him, and which leads to the fact that the reality that man is um, 
uh, in rebellion against God, and by nature uh, we sin and um, yeah reject Him, and because of that we stand guilty um, and deserving of death. Um, and so the only thing that could save us uh, from that death uh, is God's uh, method of salvation, uh, Christ, who He put forth as um, a sacrifice uh, for our sins. That because of the blood that He sheds um, by His own life, that our guilt may be paid for, um, and that we can put on the righteousness that Christ has and that our sin um, is laid upon him. Um, And because of that, God looks at us um, as he does Christ, um, treating us as righteous. Um, And because of that, we can have eternal life and a relationship with him. Um, And yeah, after that, uh, one always wanting to mention what it means to follow Christ, um, that true faith um, is looks like a person who yeah, wants to follow in the footsteps of Christ in obedience um, and in love uh, towards him. Yeah, that was, was really solid. Uh, I can tell that you're a veteran evangelist. Oh, no. <laughs> Definitely um, not. <laughs> yeah, I think that, that was a good point about, yeah, I think adding that, so like not only, you know, who God is, but uh, not only who God is um, as holy, who we are as, as sinners, totally depraved, and then the cross and, and Christ's death and resurrection and our call to repentance and faith, but also like afterwards, like what does it mean to follow Christ? And I think that also ties into like um, what you read, right? Uh, Matthew twenty nineteen and the Great Commission, right? It's, it's discipling, right? Go and make disciples. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that even goes to um, that, that when we preach the gospel and when people believe that we also have a responsibility to disciple them within um, the local church, um, to be able to teach them to obey everything that Christ has commanded. Um, so yeah, it's awesome um, conversation. I guess following up on that, um, what do you think uh, an evangelist um, looks like according to scripture? Um, so I think this question is more like not, not as much as like what they say, but also like what their life should look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think in trying to find like good examples of what evangelists should look like, uh, I always try to remind myself of uh, the best evangelists and the master evangelist, uh, who is mm. Christ himself. Um, and yeah, there's just so much I feel like I've learned just from reading the Gospels and reading it from a lens of, uh, yeah, it's Christ, um, you know, yeah, whose whose life is being showed um, shown to us in the Gospel, but it's also... Um, I guess, evangelistic efforts um, that he makes um, in just how he um, speaks truth about himself to other people. Um, And I think everything about um, his character and, um, yeah, just how he treats uh, people in the Gospels is so much uh, to learn from. I think um, just seeing his uh, perfect confidence in God's word and his commitment to, uh, you know, speak truth and not shy away from what, uh, yeah, is is true because it's it's God's word. Um, boldness, um, I think, just being you know, firm in these truths, but while being so perfectly firm, also so perfectly gentle um, and kind, and seeing that in every um, conversation he has, he he does perfectly love these people, and that these things need to be together uh, in an evangelist. Uh, that firmness and boldness um, and confidence in God's word, with yeah, gentleness and. And kindness, um, the patience and um, long suffering that we can see uh, that Christ has, that has in every single moment when he's 
up against people who are receptive to the gospel as well as people who revile him and are so hostile um, to him. And so, yeah, I, I always look at Christ and, yeah, it's very humbling. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. And that reminds me of our past Titus series with Matting on especially Titus 3. Um, where it says, remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, Mm -hmm. to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy towards all people. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things, so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people. And everything that that passage said, I just kind of reflects what you're sharing about, um, just how our lives are testimonies and witnesses and a great um, bolster to what we bolster. share from our mouths. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, sorry, can I add something yeah, there too? Sorry, I don't want to be a little bit preemptive, but um, yeah, I think that reminds me too of like the gospel itself is like, I think a lot of um, times like the thing is that like, we might focus on the work of Christ, but then the gospel is also the person and work of Christ. It's also who Christ is. And that reminds me of like the life that we're supposed to live as gospel witnesses too and matters. Um, and yeah, what you read in, in Titus 3 about our lives and um, even going to going back to chapter 2, verse 10, right? Um, so that they will adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in every respect. And I like that kind of image of like adorning. So our, our godly life should adorn um, the message, the, the gospel, the work of Christ. Our character should should be able to, um, I like just using this word a lot, but supercharge. It, it makes the gospel like more mm. powerful. It just like infuses it with um, so much more beauty and uh, attractability um, that, that not only is the message of the gospel, you know, it's there, but... Um, that with our lives, um, that they can really show that that the gospel is is real, that it's, it's working, um, and yeah, and obviously, like if we look at the world from the world's perspective, like why should I even believe a gospel if if it doesn't really do anything to our lives, mm-hmm. right? Like like what I mean, they don't really have um, a good reason to, um, and I think um, even I'm reminded of like a verse in, in John, I think where basically it's like. Yeah, like the world, um, like the world will know us by the love that we show each other, right? So, like the world is almost like, in a sense, um, I was, I think I read, uh, I think a book uh, by Francis Schaeffer, like the Mark of a Christian, um, but like the world almost like puts us on trial in a sense, like they they're looking at our lives to see um, whether they will believe in Christ or not, um, but yeah. Yeah, um, I think, sorry, this is just something that came to my head, um, but something that I Let's think go. about, <laughs> too, um, is from First Peter 3, um, 15, which says, But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Um, and I think, you know, more uh, mainly we know, you know, we should be you know prepared to 
hopefully uh, with our voice or with our words make a defense to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like that also convicts me of, yeah, the way that I uh, act and live, um, whether my life is yeah set apart or not, and that being kind of whether I'm ready to make a defense or not. And so, yeah, I just think about like sometimes when I'm treating, even with strangers or unbelieving friends, if I'm having maybe like, yeah, just a bad attitude or being angry or just different ways where um, the way that I live isn't super reflective of the hope that is in me. Um, yeah, I, I want, I question whether I am making uh, or whether, whether I am prepared to make a defense in that moment or not. Um, and mm-hmm. just how we want to at all times live in a way that uh, is not with hypocrisy, um, that we really do reflect the message that we are preaching, which is uh, God who is holy um, and that who yeah requires um, us to walk in his ways. And so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely, yeah, just a great convicting, personally, reminder as well um, just to examine our own lives uh, before we share the gospel. And yeah, just our next question is just, you know, what does evangelism look like as a college student? And uh, we know you went through four years, um, and now you're entering <laughs> post-grad, so you can talk, touch on that a little bit too if, if anything's changed. But um, yeah, what did it look like for you in those past four years? Yeah, yeah. Um... I guess in general for a college student, it could, you know, look in a variety of ways, um, probably different for every person. Um, And so there's no like pressure to make your evangelism look like the person next to you necessarily in the exact same way. Um, But what is the same is the heart behind it. Um, And I just, yeah, in college, like our evangelism, it, it comes out of a deep conviction that the college students next to us or whoever we're coming across, that their only hope, um, you know, for real, true eternal life that we have tasted um, is whether they know the gospel or not. And, Mm -hmm. you know, most likely they either don't believe it or haven't heard it. And yeah, it's out of that awareness and conviction that, you know, we, all of our evangelism efforts stem from. Um, Yeah. But uh, for me, uh, it's looked a lot like, um, I think just even being willing to talk to unbelievers. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I Mm -hmm. guess it's, yeah, I mean, hopefully not in a way that's, you know, in compromising, um, but I think there's also a way where just being in the GOC world is kind of easy to, like, maybe think very little or, uh, like, think lowly about, like, uh, being involved with unbelievers, potentially. Yeah, I don't know. I know that's an attitude that I can sometimes have, um, but, yeah, for me, it's it's looked like getting, just making unbelieving friends, um, and out of that, having some really cool opportunities to Actually, yeah, or having awkward conversations, actually, <laughs> first asking them to do a Bible study um, or whether they'd be interested in in looking at the Bible um, with me. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, sometimes it can look like that and being able to um, yeah, actually show them God's word. Um, or like we were talking about with Fisherman's team, um, especially with GOC, we have an opportunity to be a part of that, to just walk up to strangers um, and share the gospel. Um, but I'd say even, even if it doesn't involve... Um, you know, you giving a speech about the gospel, I think there's a lot of ways that we can be um, a light on campus um, and give very powerful, silent testimonies um, to the people that we come across as college students. And yeah, whether it's the random people sitting next to you in class or the person in front of you in the dining hall line or um, yeah, just the people on your floor, there's just, um, yeah, I think going back to just how we live our lives in 
the majority of the hours of the day where we're not sharing the gospel with somebody. I think those hours matter equally um, in terms of evangelism of, of our attitude and how we want to show Christ to people in the way that we live. And so just, um, yeah, either just being a light and talking about how we are Christians or talking about how we go to church and want to, you know, be with other believers or, I mean, it could look like totally different, yeah, things, but I think just um, always, yeah, being, being, identifying with Christ and having that be the main thing that people see. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and uh, one thing I wanted to touch on, uh, which has a Bible verse related to it, is mm-hmm. just that, that awkwardness, that first <laughs> question or that sharing about going to church, um, how it might make me feel personally uncomfortable or like I'm not ready. Um, but first Corinthians two, um, says, and I, when I came to you brothers did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom for I decided to know nothing among, among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech was and my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And so Paul, too, was in much weakness and fear and trembling. So um, I think that's just something that speaks to many of our situations as we're in those uncomfortable situations. But um, they're yeah. always worth it. I mean, like, through. yeah, I think it's even, like, kind of sad and kind of looking at this because, like, the context is, like, I mean, we know the thing or the things that Paul have has gone through is like way worse than the things that we have to go through like exactly. today. And then, and yeah, we're so, so many times we're kind of finding ourselves like getting so easily, like um, kind of intimidated by the awkward interactions that we have. Um, but I like how you brought up that. Um, yeah. This passage, I think it really comes with the simplicity of the gospel and of the call for us to evangelize, because as much as like, I think it is important for us to have this, I mean, discussion about the nuances and, and, and application of evangelism. At the end of the day, right, it's like verse 2. Like, are we determined to know nothing among us except Christ and, and Him crucified? Are we are we determined mm-hmm. to preach that message? And if we are, then that's it, right? Like, mm-hmm. we go out there and we, and we preach the gospel. And um, I, I think having both that simplicity and yet... Um, that kind of um, that depth as well of understanding these um, the different situations and, and um, applications is important. Just wanted to make that kind of qualification. Yeah, yeah. and um, just yeah, touching back to our, our original question, um, how have things changed as a post grad? Yeah, it's um, yeah funny that we're talking about are those verses that you brought up because um, I think that's yeah kind of speaking to the situation I find myself in currently um yeah life looks totally different than when it did in GOC um before I was you know spending like 90% of my time either with believers or really actually in fellowship um but now I yeah am working full time and spend most of my days with unbelievers um and in my for my situation in particular I work closely with or just yeah with three other people and so it's kind of like a a smaller setting where we actually can have like small conversations. And so, um, yeah, it's been challenging, actually really challenging. And it's made me see, or just reminded me of how surprisingly, um, easy it is to just be ashamed of the gospel. (laughs) Um, and to, uh, yeah, even as somebody or yeah, who knows like, and has been convicted in the past, you know, I need to share there just, yeah, every day when I go to work, it's, you know, please don't, 
put me in a situation where I have to be bold for Christ. And yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, just very apparent, uh, my weaknesses. And so it's definitely been a challenge, um, but it's still, yeah, super joyful because I know the Lord has placed me in this particular situation, you know, for this purpose um, to be a light in that setting. Um, but yeah, it's definitely challenging. I'm currently as far as I got was just being able to share that I go to church on Sundays and I was talking about, Oh yeah. Like, Oh yeah. My plans for Sunday is just being at church all day. And they were like, Oh, all day. And I was like, yeah, all day. And so, yeah, that's the extent of it so far. Um, but yeah, I'm, and you can also be praying, but yeah, I'm, um, yeah, just hoping to be able to eventually get to know them better and yeah, share the gospel that they might be saved. But yes, it is it is a struggle, and we are weak. <laughs> but um, yeah, the Lord is so faithful to be our strength. Awesome. The next question we have is kind of like a little bit of a switch of a gear, but um, I think this also is kind of like a softball, but I think it's, it's good to talk about too. But the question is, is evangelism for every Christian? Because I think um, even though, at least in GOC, like most of us would probably heartily affirm that like, yeah, of course, you know, evangelism is for every Christian, but I think so oftentimes, like, we could find ourselves making excuses um, uh, to not evangelize, whether that's be our time, we don't have enough time to evangelize, we're still, we're so busy with other things, or um, our personality, that we're not good talking with people, or we're introverted, or even that, like, oh, we have, like, so many other people going out evangelizing, that's enough, like, I don't need to, that's, I don't need to do that work, um, so, yeah, like, would you say evangelism is for every Christian? <laughs> um, <laughs> definitely, yes, um, absolutely. Um, and I totally, yeah, understand. I think I also felt this at one point, just that, um, yeah, doing evangelism or people, yeah, just doing evangelism in general maybe is, like, for the elite GOC people or, you know, if there's enough other GOC people doing it, then I'm good because, you know, there's like 50 people going out there already, like they don't need 51 or, um, yeah, I totally, yeah, come from that similar place. Um, but I'd say uh, it's just fundamental to being a believer. Um, and it's, mm. yeah, maybe it's just easy to think of evangelism also as like a side gig our hustle <laughs> as a believer that, you know, we have our main things, like we serve in church and we go to church and, uh, yeah, I don't know, whatever, GOC like meetups and stuff. Um, and then evangelism is like this optional bonus on the side. Um, but I think if we really think about what evangelism is um, to share about Christ, it's um, to share about the one that we love and to share about the one that we uh, commit our life to, that we obey unconditionally. Mm-hmm. It's, I think, I think the, at least for me, the key to like getting myself to understand the importance of evangelism is to think about Christ and what he means to me. And if he really does mean, (laughs) if he really does mean all these things to me, then, um, yeah, what, why am I not sharing with other people or, um, yeah, just what am I doing not sharing him with other people? (laughs) Um, but yeah, it definitely is for every believer. And I think another thing that is helpful for me is to just remember that, that command in the Great Commission and other parts of the Bible, it's it's a personal commandment, um, and it's not, mm. yeah, something that, you know, to the church of the world, like, you know, send 100 people a year to go share the gospel, and everybody else is, like, is, like, they don't have to or something. Like, uh, yeah, the Lord commands each of us very personally um, to share about him with the people around us, and, yeah, I just, we have to be people who are, 
who can, yeah, sh- who want to share about Christ uh, with others. And yeah, I just, I think about Peter and um, just, I don't know, deny- denying Christ and, you know, in our hearts, like we know how, yeah, just, I don't know, we feel like crazy <laughs> at him that he would deny him so many times, but mm-hmm. that's essentially what I'm doing if I'm not, uh, if I'm just like cowarding away from sharing about Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Something yeah, I'm definitely. deeply convicted by too. Yeah. Yeah. Now at GOC, we have, you know, our reach and we have our fisherman's team. We have our cold contact and we have our relational evangelism. How should we think about these two seemingly different uh, specified, specific groups, Um, especially thinking about how you said evangelism should just come from a genuinely saved life, and we know you've been transformed by the gospel, so we can't help but share it. Um, So how do we think about these two, uh, I guess, seemingly different ideas um, as as Christians? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I'd say how we think about Fisherman's team and relational or reach like should be just a, a hopefully a, being very greatly compelled to be involved in either of them. Um, yeah, I think there's um, maybe one way to think about or I don't know, at least for me, sometimes it's easy to think like, oh, like my evangelism is like, you know, it doesn't need to be so formal. Like I'll just do it on the side. It's like my own thing. And like that's definitely uh, yeah, true and, or yeah, evangelism not done in those formal contexts is, yeah, definitely, uh, equally great. Um, but just that these ministry teams or whatever formal, yeah, groups, uh, that are centered around doing evangelism in this way are still like a huge blessing. Um, and it's really, yeah, amazing that there are, um, people and ministries focused on doing this kind of evangelism. Um, I feel like there's another like way that thinking evangelism is just restricted to these teams that their evangelism mainly done in the context of these teams and then if you're not in these yeah teams or in it yeah after college when you're not on those teams then you don't have to do evangelism or something um but anyways just that it's yeah these teams are simply a place where people who yeah want to come together to share about their evangelism and challenge each other to do so um yeah in terms of cold contact versus relational like Obviously, the the heart at both is the same uh, to preach mm-hmm. Christ to other people. Um, but yeah, and both are yeah. It's just merely a different way of doing so. One to strangers and probably people that you hopefully will, but probably won't talk to repeatedly. Um, and relational or just reaching out to friends or family where you have more of a long term relationship with them. Um, and yeah, as long as both involve preaching Christ to other people, then, yeah, they're both evangelism um, and equally important. Yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a good, because, like, ultimately, the division between cold contact and relational is just something that's artificial. That The Bible doesn't really make that division, right? We kind of, to help ourselves, make that division a lot. Um, but even at the end of the day, right, like, every, the end, or at least our desired end of each cold contact encounter is that it would return relational, right? And going back to 2819, the Great Commission about yeah, discipleship, right? Um, discipleship in the local church. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know why I did that. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I think that was that, that's that's really good. And kind of to switch the, the gears a little bit, 
Sorry, John, I'm kind of stealing your question here. I'm sorry, too late. I'm already okay. too deep. Um, That's fine. Um, Go for it. Yeah, so so we have, like, the we've talked about, like, the positive kind of, like, yeah, more of, like, what evangelism is, but I think it would be helpful also to talk about, like, the common difficulties, right, in um, evangelistic relationships. Um, yeah, and I think in, in your experience, I guess in all of our shared experiences, like, what are some common difficulties that we've kind of run into? I think oh, mainly just, like, like, ourselves, like, dealing with it, yeah. Yeah, and if I could add, I think, yeah, in Reach, we have our rags. And fishermen, we have our prayer partners. Even in small group, like, we can share about people we're reaching out to. And we do have, like, a very good accountability and, like, external, like, structure. Um, sometimes, though, like, myself and I would hear from others just that, that warning of, okay, remember, these, you know, don't treat these people like projects. And there's always that temptation or um yeah possible feeling um in the heart when you have to you have to reach out to this person because you haven't talked to them in a week and you have to follow up with them and um, because you prayed for them and these are all great things um but yeah how do we i guess combat this whole mindset of maybe treating people like oh like why aren't they making progress quote unquote or why aren't they changing and you know i'm putting in all this time but you know, is that the mindset that, that we should have? Or, yeah, how do we, what's the solution to that type of thinking? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know if this is the ultimate solution, but I, I guess I just, I am definitely a person that uh, falls into that kind of thinking um, a lot, too. I think it's just, yeah, easy to do so. Um, and, uh, yeah, so personally, like, it's definitely a situation I find myself in, and I think something that I, I have to realize um, and remind myself is that uh, all of my evangelism is is preaching Christ, and if I'm if I'm doing so, um, then by nature it must be out of love, and my interest mm-hmm. must be in this person, um, yeah, their soul, um, but not you know for that salvation like tally point or something like it's they yeah are a precious person, um, and I need to love this person, and that's that's my desire to share the gospel with them is because I love them and I love Christ. Um, yeah. Anyways, just, I usually, um, I think the times that I realize I am treating them as projects is when all I'm interested in doing is, you know, uh, like dropping the boss gospel bomb (laughs) or just saying whatever lines and then just running away or thinking of my responsibility as, you know, that once a week, that one hour, like that'll be the time that I give to them. And then the rest of the week, like it's like, you know, I'll just forget about them or they don't really matter or I'll just see them when I see them. Um, yeah, so I think, like, the the measure that I use for myself is just asking myself whether I'm truly loving these people or not. And I I think we know from Scripture what true love looks like um, and just uh, wanting to spend time with them, wanting to, you know, get to know, you know, them. I think just not treating them as, like, a one-dimensional, like, hostile to God. You know, that's they are hostile to God, but that's not... Yeah, just there is more depth to that, and and they have lived entire lives, twenty something years that God has been sovereign over, and there's personality to them uh, that God has made them with, mm-hmm. um, and these are all things that we, if we love them, that we want to know and, yeah, be able to serve them, spend time, um, care for them. I think, uh, yeah. Oh, I think personally, yeah, this is a huge lesson for me that there's um, just so much power um, in the Christ-like love that we shared show to people. Um, because it really is something that the world um, will recognize as different. Um, and and it just is different because 
we have the, the love of Christ um, pouring out of us. And yeah, they will recognize it as different. And that's something that we need to show to them. Yeah, with our actions, with our lives, in addition to our words. Um, so yeah, that's just something I totally, I totally need to remind myself of. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's super cool. I think that's something that I've definitely come up to in my life. And thankfully, there are kind of people around me that were able to challenge me and to think about how I was um, evangelizing um, to people and yeah, kind of heart check, motivation check. Mm-hmm. Um, last question. Okay, so this is probably, I think, one of the most important questions. But like in terms of like practical tips to evangelize, like what would you say is like some... So like, I don't know, say like, you know, we have a listener who's just like listening to this podcast right now. And they're, they're gripped from the heart and the <laughs> word that the, the word that we presented. They're gripped, you know, from the, from the mind and the, the heart and, and their will is, 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 is desiring to commit themselves to evangelism. And, and they're just like, oh, Nancy, I want to know, like, what are, what are some oh things I could do? How could I start? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I know... This might not sound super practical, but um, it really is and has been super practical to me. And I, I'd say something that comes to mind is just um, to really earnestly pray for opportunities um, to share the gospel with people. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, you know, yeah. I think through evangelism, the biggest, some of the biggest lessons I've learned, like surprisingly, has actually been about prayer, um, and how how effectual um, prayer is and necessary it is for evangelism. Um, yeah, and I'd say especially as, yeah, I don't know. We all acknowledge that evangelism is just hard. <laughs> we are so uh, just cowardly sometimes, and it's just yeah, and potentially frustrating when we don't, you know, when. It's hard to try, but maybe sometimes we don't even have opportunities um, to try, and it's just we're kind of lost. Um, but I think a really great place to always start because we always have that friend that we're thinking about. Um, but a good place to start, you know, before we're even put in that situation to like awkwardly ask a question, <laughs> um, is to, to just start by asking God um, to place opportunities. Um, and yeah, there has never been, in my experience, a time where I. I asked the Lord to provide those opportunities where he didn't uh, answer it. And oftentimes it's been in the most just obvious way. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, you know, there's just sometimes when you ask for an opportunity, I don't know, the opportunity comes and it's just so obvious (laughs) and blatant that you just feel uh, compelled, like you need to preach the gospel. Otherwise, you know, it's just too obvious. (laughs) Like, you Mm -hmm. know, that God put it there for a reason and, yeah, anyways, and, and sometimes it's just practical to kind of ask God to just throw and drop those down from the sky <laughs> for you because sometimes that's what we need uh, to just, you know, blurt out something <laughs> about Christ. And so, yeah, I think that's just something practical that it has been really useful and has taught, shown me a lot of God's hand in providing all these opportunities. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I've heard many stories of other friends sharing the same things um, where it's like, just praying for this person or, or just praying for an opportunity and then bam, right there the next day, it, the opportunity arises. So, yeah. Um, so I think that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much, Nancy, again, for being on our podcast and just Thank you. Um, being <laughs> such amazing. a sweet friend and um, just being so open and willing to share with us what you've learned and in your own life and testimony and what you've been learning recently. And yeah, just to close off the episode with, 
Um, just a final few Bible passages um, thinking about evangelism. Last time uh, before the, our Titus series uh, in GOC, we went through Micah, and um, just one of the encouraging passages is found in Micah 4, 1 through 2, and it says, It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains, and it shall be lifted up above the hills, and people shall flow to it, and many nations shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And also from Revelation 7, verses 9 through 10, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. And these are just two grand, beautiful, glorious Bible passages um, showing us the ends of evangelism, where we're ultimately um, being used by God to call people from every tribe, every people, every language, um, ultimately to glorify God and to cry out um, with them, salvation belongs to our God. So... Hopefully we yeah just end on that um, end on that note and um, solid yeah and with that this, this is Paracaleo and we'll see you next time. time.